Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. instruction from you. We are open God to divine revelations. We are open God to all that you have in mind so that my everlasting Father will be able to walk in the light of your word and bring forth praise and glory to you as the instrument of righteousness that you ordain right at this hour. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So we're going to be continuing with uh, our Topic on expressing the kingdom of God. This is going to be part number five. You know, we never finished with that before I went on break. And so I need to continue with it. Expressing the kingdom of God. This is part number five. And I'm going to be dealing with one word today. Faithfulness. As part of the expression of the kingdom of God. I've always made us understand when we talk about the kingdom, we're talking about the rule of God, the life of God, the mind of God, the spirit of God, the influence of God in our lives. We're talking about Christ ruling and manifesting his glory through and in us. That's the kingdom of God. The revelation of his presence, the revelation of his power. That's the kingdom of God. And so we're talking about how you express this kingdom, not tomorrow, but now. Wherever you find yourself, in your place of work, in your family circle, wherever you find yourself, God intends you to manifest the kingdom of God, to reveal the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So that's what it means by expressing the kingdom of God. You can go back and start from part number one and listen to all through the series again. And they'll be able to come to the place of personal revelation as to what God is saying to you or what is demanding from you as to how to express his kingdom. Praise God. Alright, so faithfulness. The word faithfulness actually is, uh, um, it means trustworthy. To be faithful means to be trustworthy. It means truthful. Right? Faithfulness or faithfully. It means to be sure. It means to be true. That's the word I want to be dealing with today. And then, I have this scripture that I need to read for us. In relation to who God is, 2 Timothy 2 verse 12. 2 Timothy 2 verse number 12. You need to understand that we're given battle by God. And when we're talking about expressing the kingdom of God, we're talking about expressing the life and the nature of God who is within us for having given birth to us. And so we're talking about the character of God and how to walk in the light of his character. That's what it means to express the kingdom. In certain fact, we're expressing who God is. By our nature, by our lives, wherever we find ourselves. And scripture says, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Look at verse 13, there's a key. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. He abided faithful. That's the word I want you to pick there. The faithfulness. God is faithful. He can deny himself. By implication, 
he doesn't change. By implication, if he gives you a word, he will bring it to pass. You can trust him. That's what it means. In other words, he has given the word out. He has given you the Bible to read. He's given you inspirations, whatever the case may be. If you don't believe, he can't deny himself. By implication, what he's saying is, everything I say, I will be able to bring to pass. God doesn't and will never deny himself. He's faithful. And God expects us, his children, to walk in the light of his nature. What is his nature? He is a faithful God who cannot deny himself. By implication, he can change if he makes a promise. He can change if he's determined to do a thing. God will out deny himself. So it's like saying, he gives you a word and you're wondering whether he's going to bring it to pass. And he's trying to tell you, I will bring it to pass. No matter how long, no matter how long a time you want to wait for it, I will bring it to pass. To deny himself means to deny what he says. To deny himself means to change from what he promised you before. But there is this character that God has, and that character is faithfulness. He doesn't deny himself. He can deny whatever promises he has made. Anytime, anywhere. Any day, any moment. God doesn't and will not deny himself. You can trust him. Hallelujah. Are you still there? So, it's like God is also saying, if you have to be my child, then you must come to that place also where you can't deny yourself in the promises that you make to people. You can't deny yourself in your conviction about my word. You can't fall out of faith if you truly believe in what I say. Faith in it automatically becomes your character so that you can deny yourself. Hallelujah. If you believe not, in other words, if we become unbelievers, by implication, if we become unfaithful, as touching the promises of God, as touching what God has said in His Word, He remains faithful to what He said. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Look at it. If we believe not, if we become unfaithful, as touching what He says, if we choose not to believe what he has said, that will make him deny himself. My implication is not going to change. Hallelujah. Are you there? He remains faithful. Look at the book of Deuteronomy. Let me look at something. Deuteronomy 7, verse number 9. Look at it. Praise the Lord. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. And who is that? The faithful God. Quit keep a covenant and mercy with them that love him. And keep his commandment to a thousand generations. The point I want you to pick there is the strong word that you can say the definition of who God is. The word? The faithful God. That is who God is. He's a faithful God. He doesn't change. And what did he say here? He keepeth this covenant and mercy to them that love him. And keep his commandment to a thousand generations. God is a faithful God. 
anytime, anywhere. He's a faithful God. He's not just a loving father. He's a faithful father. You have to know it. Know therefore. That's the point. Know therefore that this God we serve is a faithful God. Has he promised you anything? Have you thought about anything he has ever said to you? Do you meditate on some of the promises he has made unto you? God is what? A faithful God. He doesn't change. He can't deny himself because he's a faithful God. Praise the living God. For he cannot. It's an impossibility for him to deny himself. I mean, to deny himself in any circumstance. Just know this. That God is a faithful God. By implication, he cannot become unfaithful to his word. Amen? He can become unfaithful at any time, in any situation to his word. He's a faithful God. You can trust him. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I personally can testify to how God has been faithful in all of his promises, all of his words to me. He has been able to prove it beyond all reasonable doubt that it's a faithful God. It may take time, but if he gives you a word, he will bring it to pass. He doesn't change. Hallelujah. Now remember, I'm still trying to describe who God is. And then we'll come to the fact that we are also God's children and we should be like as our Father. Amen? Praise the living God. Look at Numbers 23, verse 19. Numbers 3, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither is son of man that he should repent. To repent means to change. Had he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken? And shall he not make it good? God is not a man. That means man changes. Man can change the mind. But that is not God. Hallelujah. And by the time you begin to realize it, you begin also to see that you are not a man. But the Son of God. And that brings a whole lot of difference. If your father doesn't repent, you ought not to repent. To change, God cannot deny himself. If he gives you a promise, he will bring it to pass. If he says a word, he stands by what he has spoken. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man. That he should repent. Hallelujah. This is God's nature. This is God's character. And I'm saying that is what's expected of you. As a believer. In expressing his kingdom. That whenever you find yourself. You make promises to people. Keep your promise. As a child of God. That is part of how you express the kingdom. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. Listen, I'm trying as much as possible to equip you to become who you are supposed to be, maturing in Christ. 
Amen? Not giving you false hope, but making you to become exactly who you are supposed to be. So that God's kingdom will come upon the earth as you begin to express the nature of his kingdom wherever you find yourself. The prayer is very simple. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and that will be done on earth as done in heaven. It takes us to express the will and the mind of God on the earth. That is kingdom expression. Jesus wasn't joking or making fun when he told the disciples to pray that prayer. Pray for just this one thing, that God's kingdom should come on the earth and his will be done on the face of the earth. We are the carriers of God's kingdom. We are the carrier of his person, if you will. We express his nature wherever we find ourselves. And if God is such a man that does not lie and will not repent, God expects you to live exactly the way God lives in expressing his kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's look at the impact of this faithfulness of God. Isaiah 49, verse number 7. Isaiah 49, verse number 7. Now this message basically is speaking about Jesus. But look at it. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, and His Holy One, to him whom man despises, to him whom the nation abhorreth, to his servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes also shall worship, because of the Lord that is faithful. And he shall choose thee. He's talking about Jesus. What he's saying is, this is what I'm saying to you, Jesus, the one that nature has healed, the one that Israel healed, the one that the Gentiles nature has healed. This is what I'm saying to you. Princess shall come and bow before you. And that will prove my faithfulness. By implication, no matter the hatred, Jesus, that you are passing through as my son, men are going to come bow before you. And that is the proof of my faithfulness. Because I said that, that's the way it's going to be. Are you following what I'm saying here? So this world was for Jesus. And you can understand how the Jews hated him. You can understand how the nations that didn't want him. But what he's telling him is that no matter what is going on, men are going to come bow down to you. Nations are going to come bow down to you. And that is the proof of what? My faithfulness. That's why in Philippians 2 you begin to read. At the name of Jesus, all kneel shall bow. All tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And when that begins to happen, the fruit faithfulness of God is being what? Manifested. So God made a promise to Jesus and is coming to pass on a daily basis. You are all here today. Not because you wanted to be here. But it's part of the word being fulfilled. That at the name of Jesus, all names must bow, all tongues must confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. See, that is the faithfulness of God. What does that supposed to mean to you? When you begin to show forth faithfulness, wherever you find yourself, what happened? You'll be lifting up people. You'll be establishing people. You'll be putting them where they belong. You'll be establishing their position as God has ordained for you. Praise the living God. 
when you begin to be faithful to those you speak to, to promises you're making, men will come to the place of joy. They will come to the place of exhortation. Everything you say to them will come to pass because there's a level of power that's involved in that which you're projecting. Are you following what I'm saying here? Praise the living God. Just because he made a promise to him, nations are bowing down. Just because he made a promise to him, kings are bowing down. To prove the faithfulness of the word of God. If you deny him, he will not deny himself. God is faithful. Praise the living God. And we must come to that level as individuals, as sons of the Father, expressed in the kingdom, that when we speak a word to people, we bring them to the place of elevation. You don't exalt people's mind or lift up their thoughts or lift up their understanding or lift up their expectation and you allow them to crash. That is not kingdom. Are you listening to me? Praise the living God. God is faithful. He said, I'm taking to you, Jesus. Nations shall hate you. The Jews shall hate you. Men shall appall you. But God is right. All of them shall come down to bow down to you. Why? My faithfulness. That's how God works. So God is also talking to us now. If you speak to people, your words should elevate them. If you speak to people, your words should establish them. If you talk to people, your words should give them hope. Are you listening to me? You bring them to the place where joy, life flows in the life. That's your faithfulness. That's how faithful you can be. Men shall be able to trust you. That if he says this to me, he will bring it to pass. Not because he's God, because he's the son of God. Whatever thing he says is established. If he gives you a promise, yes, you can believe in what he says. That's how to work in the kingdom. That's how to express the kingdom. Are you following what I'm talking about? I need to understand. Jesus made this promise. Nations are bowing. You are bowing today because of the faithfulness of God. He promised him you are going to be hated. Men shall reject you. Men shall despise you. But guess what? Because of my faithfulness, the princess shall come down. They shall bow down to you. Nations shall come. They shall bow down to you. Every knee shall bow at your name because of my faithfulness. That's how powerful the word faithfulness is. When you come to the place of living a faithful life, men will not only trust you, but you elevate them. When you come to the place of being a faithful person in life, men will not only believe you, but you give them hope. Anytime, anywhere. You give them hope, you strengthen them by the things you tell them. For one thing, you will not deny yourself when you make a promise. You will not deny yourself when you're trying to establish people. You will not cause people's hope to come down. When you do that, you deny yourself. By implication, deny yourself equals repenting of what you say. Deny yourself equals changing from what you promise people. You are not supposed to do that. That is not kingdom. Praise the living God. Are we still together? Let's take the point, message translation if you can get it. Isaiah 49 verse 7, message translation. God, Redeemer of Israel, the Holy One of Israel, says to the despised one, kicked around by the nation, slave labor to the ruling kings. Kings we see, get to their feet the princess too and then fall 
on their faces in homage because of God who has faithfully kept his word. The Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Faithfully kept his word. I want you to get that. Because the reason nation shall bow, the reason king shall bow, is because, that's the key point, God who is faithful has kept his word. Did you get that? Praise the living God. And so David will say this in Psalm 12, verse number 1. King James, Psalm 12, verse number 1. Help, Lord. Praise the Lord. For the godly man sees it. For the faithful fell from among the children of men. This was the cry of David. I can't see faithful men anymore. I can't see godly men anymore. Men are changed from who they used to be. You see, you know, Paul said the same thing in 2 Timothy 3. Remember that? Talking about the last days, men, love, showers, cold, all of that. The same cry David is crying today. Now, I'm trying to say for you who is listening to me, you who is hearing my voice, you are not supposed to be part of this mourning situation that David is proclaiming here. Godly men are seized. Faithful men have failed. My implication, circumstances are not making you to change your mind. Maybe in the worship of God, maybe your relationship, you know, now you doubt your neighbor, you doubt almost everybody. Faithful men are failed. Situation is such that you can't even trust people in the church anymore. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying here? Praise God. Faithful men have failed from among the children of men. We can't find them anymore. But we ought to be like God. And what did the Bible say about that? God does not deny himself. God does not repent. God does not change. But now we see men changing. We see churches changing. We see people in the church changing. Repenting of even the promises and the commitment and the vow they made for themselves. They are changing. Hallelujah. Are you still there? And so David saw this. Now look at Proverbs 25 verse 13. I'm going to show you some areas where you ought to be faithful. Proverbs 25 verse 13. As the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send them, for he refreshes the soul of his master. As the call of snow in time of harvest, so it's a faithful messenger to them that send them. By implication, the life we live, the life of faithfulness we live, bring joy to God who sends us. We become messengers of God. We are his disciples on the earth. Our life reflecting the faithfulness of God bring joy back to God. David said, faithful men have failed. I mean, how far are you keeping your promises? Let me just give a simple illustration for those of us who, 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 who we, we keep time, for instance, we said, prayer practice is four o'clock. Prayer meeting is four o'clock. What time do you come? Sunday school is eight o'clock. What time do you come to service? 
Faithful men are failing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is everybody understand what I'm saying? I remember somebody was to come walk out the site, the project there, and the person told the worker that was coming and said, look, you're going to be there by 10 because the man that you promised that you're going to visit by 10 doesn't keep African man time. He's probably going to be there before 10 a.m. And I was actually at the side by 9.30 waiting for this individual. He came at about 12 and started giving excuses and reasons. I told him, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, you also told me you are a pastor. But this is not the ethic of a pastor. Faithful men are failing. You can give somebody 10 a.m. and be appearing by 12. You can give somebody 9 a.m. and be appearing by 1 p.m. You are not faithful. You have no reason. God does not repent. Now think about it. Can God give you 10 a.m. and be coming by 12? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So when men are faithful, they are like the Bible is saying, snow in times of harvest that give joy to the messenger, those who send them. When you prove faithful on the face of the earth, there's joy that God receives. Jesus is happy that he has reproduced himself. Be faithful on the face of the earth. This is how we express the kingdom. Praise the living God. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Go with me to Proverbs 28 verse 20. Look at what he said there. Proverbs 28 verse 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Glory to God. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall be what? Shall not be innocent. But the point, the eighth part is what I wanted to see. A faithful man shall abide with what? With blessings. One thing that goes with faithfulness is blessings. Hallelujah. It's not about praying for it. It's not about asking for it. It's just being faithful. Just getting committed to what God has impressed in your heart to do. A faithful man shall abound with what? With blessings. I need you to think about that. This is God talking to us. How are we going to live our life in this new season? Oh yes, the Lord has spoken to us and said, this year year of fertility. Yes, God is not a man that is a change. But remember this. A faithful man shall do what? Abound with what? With blessing. That means the promises he has given for the year comes to those who are faithful. Hallelujah. So if you can get into it, not because God didn't say it. If you can get into it, not because God didn't promise it. If you can get into it, not because God is not, I mean, so mindful of what he said. Remember, he can deny himself. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. God is faithful. He wants you to be faithful. And when you are faithful, the blessing comes. Praise the living God. 
Look at Ephesians 1 verse number 1. Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus says this. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And this is also very important. Let me say this before I go on. An apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Not the will of men. Apostles are not men who are consecrated by men. But they are people consecrated by God for specific offices and functions. And so they carry mandates based on the one that they represent. Are you still there? By implication, the words of an apostle carry the same frequency of impact as that which is of God because they are sent. So the next one he says, to the same creature at Ephesus and to the faithfully who in Christ Jesus. The faithful in Christ Jesus. How faithful are you in Christ Jesus? Listen, not just faithful about Christ, faithful in Christ Jesus. That's where we are. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So what's expected of he that is in Christ? Faithful. How are you going to prove faithfulness? I mean your faithfulness this year. What time do you think you're going to make available for the service of God? Faithful in who? In Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Late comings are passed away. Changing and repenting are passed away. Lukewarmness are passed away. The faithful in who? In Christ. How's that going to be? Praise the living God. Not the worker's sight. The similes cannot drain in my energy. I was thinking, man, I won't be able to speak. But when I got home yesterday, almost about 8 o'clock, I was so tired. Something said, you got to speak tomorrow. This is no time to give excuses. I need you to go express to the people how they need to express themselves in relation to my promises. I have no option. I was on the table. I was trying to walk. The body was saying, you can't sit here. At about 12, I was like, my head was going to knock on the table. I jump into bed. Two o'clock I was up again to make sure I get through with what I'm doing. We're going to prove faithful. Whatever happens, all circumstance, all situation, there is one life we are called to live. You can't replicate your life. If you pass out today, you're not coming back to continue from where you start. You must fulfill everything God is giving to you. You call of God, he said you should be faithful to who? In Christ. How are you going to show that? How are you going to let people know how faithful you are in Christ? What's your relationship like? We're just discussing relationship this morning. How is your relationship like with people? How faithful are you in Christ? Don't forget. God will not deny himself. He said his word is faithful. How many of you understand that? If you don't believe... God will not deny himself because he's faithful God. You know the word? He keeps his word. And the Bible is saying you ought to be faithful in who? In Christ. Hebrews 2 verse 17. 
Hebrews 2 verse 17. Wherefore in all things behold me, behold him to be made like unto his brethren, talking about Jesus, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. A faithful and a merciful high priest. And I want you to think that those are the two descriptions given to Jesus' ministry as a high priest. And how many of you understand that we've been called as priests of God? And he talks about making reconciliation for the sins of the people. How many of us are going to be faithful in Christ this year to ensuring that souls are one to God? That is your ministry of reconciliation. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that. He's giving us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Therefore, we say, be you reconciled unto God. How many of you are going to be faithful in that ministry this year? It's not enough to say, oh, we are priests of God. We are your priesthood. What does priests do? Priests reconcile people to God. Priests reconcile men to God. How are you going to prove your priesthood this year? Be faithful in Christ, even as a priest. Praise the living God. Are we still here? I need you to catch this. <laughs> it's so important. Let's move on very quickly. But can you catch that? Jesus was a faithful and a merciful world high priest. And that is to reconcile me. So it's not enough to say we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. No. The excess of you being a holy priesthood is to go out there and reconcile men back to God. That's how you prove your faithfulness of being a priest. How faithful are you going to be? How many persons do you think you'll be able to turn over unto the Lord? How many will you be able to snatch away from the hands of the enemy and bring joy and hope to them? Bring the love of God to them? Bible says God has shared his love abroad in our hearts. How many persons are you going to extend this love to? To bring them back to God, to give them hope, to give them the spirit and the sense of belonging to the family of God. How are you going to live your life this year? Don't you forget this. The faithful shall abound with what? With blessings. Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 1. Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 1. Praise the Lord. This is a prophecy and given to Isaiah to name his son. Isaiah 8, verse number 1. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great stroll, hallelujah, and write in it with a man's pen concerning Mahasha Lahazbaz. That's what it's going to be quick. That's the meaning of that. Quickly. And look at verse number two. And I took unto me faithful witnesses to record. Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jeberachiah. Now I want you to get this. I took faithful. So, oh, come on here. What I'm preaching should be to faithful men. Not everybody. God gave a revelation. He got faithful witnesses to write it down. That means anytime God wants to speak, he casts people to bear witness to what he wants to say. 
Before the child will come forth, write it down. Meaning, it's surely going to pass or come to pass. But somebody has to bear witness. How many of you understand we are called as witnesses before Christ, Son of Christ? We are witnesses, the Bible says. You shall receive power and shall be witnesses unto me. Faithful witness. How faithful are you going to be as a witness in terms of what you are receiving, in terms of the message you are hearing? That's what God wants. Faithful witness. Faithful witness. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody going to understand what I'm talking about? Write it down. Get faithful witnesses to write it down. Look at the way Paul said this. The same thing. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2. And this thing that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others. The same thing in Isaiah chapter 8, verse number 2. Can you get that? This thing you've heard, Timothy, about me, commit it to other people who are faithful. Faithful men. Who are the faithful men? Men that you'll be able to replicate, men that be able to share, men that be able to dispense the truth that they are receiving. Why is your life going to be like this here? I'm talking about expressing the kingdom of God. Are you going to be named among the faithful men? <laughs> Glory to God. Wherever you find yourself, not just in church, your place of work, your life should be a message, like our brother was saying. You know, Paul made something to the book of um, the Corinthian people. He said, do I need a letter of commendation or recommendation? Right? Do I need such a thing again to preach? How many of you understand that? He said, you are our what? Epistles, written not with pen and ink, but by the Holy Spirit. What do you mean when you say you are epistle? If you check that word epistle, it actually means to just oppose. That's what it means. Now, this is what he's trying to say. If you take a picture in those days, if you take a picture of an object and you don't scroll it away, you snap another picture on it, the last picture is going to be on top of the other one. You'll be seeing the other one very faintly. So when he say, you are a pistol, in other words, we've impacted our life unto you, may see you more than they see us. And we did that by the Holy Spirit. And he said, listen, Timothy, everything you've heard, all of these wonderful witnesses, commit to faithful men. Commit to faithful men. God is faithful. He doesn't change, he doesn't repent. God said his word, he brings it to pass. God is looking for faithful men. And David said, faithful men have ceased. They are falling from amongst us. But that will not be your portion this year. I said, that is not going to be your portion this year. Hallelujah. I said, that which I've had, commit to faithful men. Now let's show something. As we begin to round up this. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 1. Very quickly. A couple of things to say. Because this is vitally important. Daniel 6, verse number 1. He pleased Darius 
to set over the kingdom and 120 princes. I like this. 120. How many were in the upper room? 120. How many blow the trumpet in the days of execution of the inauguration of the Solomon's temple? 120. Oh my God. How many of you still follow what we're dealing with? You put biblical numbers. This powerful. 120 princes which should be over the whole kingdom. So 120 is a symbol of ministry or witness of the kingdom. And then he goes to verse 2. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king shall have no, chip, no damage. The king shall have no damage. I want you to notice that. He said people in office, he said people in position, leadership, men leader, women leader, choir leader, so that there will be no damage. Hallelujah. Then this Daniel was preferred among the president and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king taught to send him over the whole realm. <laughs> because there's an excellent spirit. The king began to think of what to do. Then the president and the princess sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could find none occasion, not fault, for as much as he was faithful, called to God. Neither was there any error or fault found where in him. They couldn't find any fault because he was faithful. Faithful to who? He was faithful to the king. He was faithful to what the king wants. He was doing exactly what the king wanted. I'm asking you, in your various position, the man leader, the woman leader, the cleaners, the ushers, I mean, I'm asking you, are you going to be faithful so there will be no damage? Your technical department, are you going to be faithful? The Bible said, the king set up these people so there will be no damage, no corruption. Nothing going around. I mean, I miss. In the midst of the kingdom, he set up these people. So, we're talking about being faithful to men in authority. We're talking about being faithful to men that have appointed you. We're talking about being faithful to men that have positioned you. And in so doing, your own promotion comes. Hallelujah. Are you see them? The sort of fine occasion, the final blemish in his administration. He was doing everything perfect. He was faithful. So they couldn't find any fault. But faithful to his king. This was a major virtue that was found in Daniel. But also faithful to his God. This is the hope to construe. Into the crime they wanted to find faults in the way he lived. So he was faithful to man. was faithful to God. How shall I going to be this year? I need you to think. It's not enough that God had made a promise. <laughs> It's about time you realize that they call you to be faithful so that you can inherit the promises that has made available to us. Praise the Lord. Look at Luke 16 verse number 9. Let the life of Daniel there challenge you. Faithful to God, faithful to man. In the offices that you've been appointed to occupy. In the position that you're occupying in the church. In the leadership position that you're functioning in. God expects you to be faithful. God expects you to show faithfulness because that's the underlying your reward. Luke 69. And I say unto you, make yourself friends of the Mormons of unrighteousness. 
That when you fail, they may receive you on the everlasting habitation. You can read from the top. There is sometimes looking for them there. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Remember the shrewd stewards, right? That distributed, you know, my, my boss is going to throw me away from the job. I don't know how to beg. I don't know how to, you know, I just need to go to the next man. How much? I only say five. It's okay. Write down, write down, write down two and give me three. You understand? And Jesus came and said, this guy was a wise man, you know. So that's the story. You go back and read it. Look at verse 11. If therefore you have not been faithful in a righteous moment, who will commit to your trust the true riches? A righteous moment. What is that supposed to mean? God intends us to be faithful in how we spend money. This is no year for callous spending. If you are not faithful in a righteous moment, if you are not faithful in money, who will commit to you the true riches? Well, the true riches, Christ and his life. That with the way you handle money brings more life of Christ to you. You'll be surprised about that. That's what the Bible is saying. That's what the Bible is saying. This new year for college spending. This new year to, to buy because you want to buy. It's a year of accountability before God. As a faithful steward who will commit to your true riches. How should God entrust with you spiritual and eternal value? I mean, things of value. How will it give you to that? Money. The way you handle money determines so much as to what comes to you in the eternal reality of God's life. And this may surprise you, but that's what the Bible is saying. If you don't know how to handle money, you better go back home and pray to your God that you become a faithful servant of God in terms of how you handle money. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Praise the living God. Amen. Look at verse 12. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? <laughs> what is another man? Money. Two things you need to understand here. You see, in the first place, every currency I've handled have gone through some other person's hand. I mean, if you understand that. That's why those in the bank where they count money, they wash their hand and all that because you don't know who have Maybe lepers have even handled it. So even that which you have is not really your own. He has gone through some other person's hand. Are you still with me? And then the next thing you must understand is God has gives power to get words. So money is not your own. That's what he's saying here. In fact, that's why you call money currency because it flows. If you are not faithful in that which is another man, who shall give you that which is your own? One of the reasons why we don't prosper is because we are not faithful in what we are asked to do. Even in the little money that God has given to us, we are not faithful in it. Can you give account of your money? No, talk to me. Can you really give account of how you spend your money? Money comes to your hand and then the money is gone. Can you, if I ask you, as you mean you have 10,000, can you give me a record of how you spend the money? 
Hallelujah. That which is your own. The grace and the glory which God particularly have designed for your life. The opportunities God has also designed for your life. How can you receive it when you're not faithful in handling money? He that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. If you are not faithful in another man, so who can give you your own? And he doesn't think. Hallelujah. Come on, is anybody following this? I want you to understand what I'm saying this morning. I'm talking of expressing the kingdom, even in the area of money. Your faithfulness in hand of money is so vitally important before God. I just need you to go think about these things. How faithful are you going to be this year? Can you account for every dime that will ever come to your hand? Can you say what you spend it for? <laughs> Praise the living God. Are you going to be spending it on yourself, maybe, without thinking of other people? Is there any roots? Any channel God has ordained by which your money can go into. If you're not faithful in another man, no man can give you your own. You can get the true riches. It is the eternal realities of God's values that He's supposed to give to you. Because you're not faithful in handling money. The door is shut. This way is praying against the devil. But the devil has no business with you. You just shut the door because you're not faithful. In how you handle money. You are not faithful in how you handle money. I'm just talking to somebody right here. The devil is not responsible for shutting the doors of your finances. You are because of the way you spend money. You are because of the way you handle money. Hallelujah. But I know one thing money is going to come to you this year. I say money is going to come to you this year. That's why God is sharing this with you so that you know how to handle money. If I were speaking to money right now, there's no social distancing when it comes to money. Money should come. No social distancing. We don't need that. <laughs> Glory to God. Are you still following what I'm talking about? So we say money, no social distancing. We need you. And it's going to come. Are you still there with me? All right. Let's take a final word, maybe. I've taken so much of your time, but let's take this, which is very important. Luke chapter 12. I'm reading from 36. Luke 12, verse 36. Sorry, let's take it from 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall get himself and make them to see them to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so blessed are those servants. In other words, the time to be watchful, a time to be, to be sensitive, a time to be with a spirit of discernment about your walk. Verse 39. And these know that if the good man of the house I know what hour the thief will come, he will have washed and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be therefore ready, 
for the son of man coming at an hour when you think not. Now this is not the rapture. You understand that? I don't want to go into all of that, but don't think this is talking about the rapture. Verse 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speak it out this parable unto us, or even to all. Are you talking to everybody? Or are you talking to us? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. What do you think he's talking about? I'm talking to every one of you. That you know how to administer the word of God. Faithful servant who administer the word of God to people. I'll make you rulers. I'll make you rulers. That means your place of dominion comes as a result of your faithfulness in dispensing the word of God. Men who I need. I've been working on someone all the way in Port Harcourt. I mentioned to my wife a few days ago. Life is coming back to that individual through phone call, through prayers, through counseling. Life is coming back. And you know what? If somebody calls you to say, pray for me, and you are faithful in doing that, what do you think happens? God empowers your prayer. And that is how it gives you rulership. Because you are dispensing his word. You are dispensing his life. You are dispensing the ministry. You are becoming a faithful witness. You are a good steward. Giving me to those who I need in due season. How many people are you going to be ministering to this year? How many people have you prepared to counsel with? To pray with? How many people are going to be in need that you are going to be ministering to this year? Goes towards of the resources of God. Financially, the world, as you communicate to people, as you call them to see more life, as you begin to give them hope, as you give them assurance, as you call them to see that they have a better future than the past, that they passed through. Goes towards, and the Bible says, it makes you ruler. Because you are giving meat to those who are in need in due season. How are you going to design when men are in trouble? And you'll be able to come in to help them. By the things you say. By the prayers you offer. You're giving meat to those who are in need in due season. How are you going to be able to design those who need the word of God? And you'll be able to share with them the things that God has impacted to your life. You are giving meat to them in due season. And the more you do that, the more you have authority come into your life. God is empowering you. Because he knows you cannot just speak the word. You have to speak and you have to pray. And if you pray, there have to be an answer. He empowers you because you are faithful in his word. How prepared are you? I'm trying to make you see that it's not just enough to say you are in the kingdom. You have to express the kingdom and these are dimensions by which you express the kingdom. And one of the virtues and the values by which you express the kingdom is faithfulness. Faithfulness in the world, faithfulness in finances, faithfulness in your duty post, faithfulness in being in Christ, faithfulness in being a witness, faithfulness in being like a child of God, wherever you go. Now whatever you say, you stand by what you say. Are you ready for God this year? Are you ready to express the kingdom of God this year? I'm talking of being faithful wherever you find yourself.
You want power? It is as you go out. I'll make you witnesses before me. Go out there. I will endure you with power that you might be witnesses. You don't have to look for power when you are not ready for witnessing. You don't ask for power when you are not ready to speak about the gospel. The power goes with the gospel. As you preach, power follows. As you pray for people, power follows. You don't sit in your room looking for power. It's not going to come. That is not how God intends you to have authority. He wants you to have authority in speaking to people, in helping people, in praying for people, in assisting people. That's where power comes from. So if it is financial power, it will be coming to you. If it is power of the Spirit, it will be coming to you. As long as you are ready to be faithful steward in the household of faith. Can you please stand up? I need you to pray. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.